Hello, and welcome to Follow the Woo podcast, where each week I, Fenelon Kush, will guide you on a journey into the land of the woo. We're going to investigate witchcraft, meditations, the paranormal and supernatural, alien and fey encounters, gurus, shamanism, and, and, and all the woo. So hold on to your butt. This just might be the weirdest part of your day. Hello, humans. I hope those of you who celebrate had a lovely turkey day or tofurkey day. Every day of the year is a good day for Americans to remember and acknowledge that we live on stolen native land. But it's especially important on Thanksgiving. You can always check out native-land.ca. All you have to do is enter your location or zip code, and it'll show you specifically what native lands you currently live on. We skipped last week for the holiday, so it's exciting to be back on track with some more juicy woo. My guests this week are the hosts of Ghosted, Roasted, and Toasted, which is a new podcast where Annabelle, Elena, and Ashley explore haunted locations while sharing specially made cocktails. They have their own unique ways of tackling paranormal investigations, and no doubt, they will absolutely make you laugh while they're sharing their spooky adventures. Annabelle is a medium and the mother of Elena, who identifies as an empath. Psychic gifts are and have been prevalent on both sides of their family. In fact, Annabelle found a distant but pretty direct ancestral line to the Bell Witch. And Ashley is Elena's best friend and the master organizer of their haunted trips. For those of you who don't know, the Bell Witch claimed to be the spirit of Kate Batts, a grouchy old neighbor of John Bell. Kate Batts believed she was cheated by John Bell in a land purchase, and on her deathbed, she swore that she would haunt him and his descendants. Human interactions with the Bell Witch date all the way back to 1817, and former President Andrew Jackson was quoted as saying, I had rather face the entire British army than to spend another night with the Bell Witch. And he said that after he and some of his troops spent the night at the Bell's farm. Most of what I just told you, you can find at the main website for the farm, which is bellwitchcave.com. I'll put that in the show notes in case you want to go on a road trip. Also, I will be doing an episode on the Bell Witch Cave at some point. Maybe we'll do something on site that could be really fun. Anyway... There's no denying that these magical women have a psychic bond. We talk about that bond and how it's changing because of their podcast, which reinforces my theory that this kind of work does something to you, if you're brave enough to investigate it with an open mind. When we allow ourselves to dig into the weird and unknown, it not only humbles us, but it also reminds us just how important it is to cultivate our intuition. It also can allow us to more consistently remember the inexplicable whatever, the place, the universe, the unfathomable space where we all come from. These three witchy women are an inspiring example of that. We also talk about having empathic blocks, Ouija boards, some very curious paranormal sleep talking, and some of the most haunted places they have visited including the Stanley Hotel and Myrtle's Plantation. 
We had a weird audio setup because of all the different locations and people involved. So my apologies. There are some sound quirks here and there, but we try to get out as many as possible. Quick reminder, if you love Follow the Woo and you want to help support this podcast and get more content, the best way to do that is to become a patron. You go to patreon.com slash follow the woo. And when you sign up, you'll get an official order of woo invitation sent to your home and access to a bunch of other witchy goodies. All right, let's get into it with the hilarious women, Annabelle, Ashley, and Elena from Ghosted, Roasted, and Toasted podcast. Okay. Let us follow the wool. So Ghosted, Roasted, and Toasted is your podcast. It's relatively new. You guys get on there and you talk about your ghost adventures. There's three of you and two of you. One's mom and daughter, and then the other is the best friend of the daughter, right? So if you guys want to introduce yourselves real quick, just so the listeners can hear who's who. I'm Annabelle. I'm the one who started this shit. I'm Ash. I never wanted to do this shit in the first place. And I'm Elena. I love this shit. (laughs) Okay, so now you've listeners committed their voices to memory. I just want to start first, guys, with how did the what did you call it? The girls haunted trip, I think Ashley told me in the pre-call. How did that get started? (laughs) On my 23rd birthday, Ashley texts me and she just likes to travel. So she texted me and she said, what do you want to do for your birthday? And I have always wanted to stay in haunted locations, but I didn't really have like, I was military at the time. And so I didn't have a lot of time where I could take off and just travel. So I was like, I don't know, but I just really want to do something scary and something haunted. And so she did what she does best, which is she starts planning and coordinating a birthday event for me. And she finds in St. Francisville, Louisiana is a haunted plantation you can stay the night at. It's called Myrtle's Plantation. So she sends me a link. She's like, we're going here. And I'm like, yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> we were not prepared. We had no idea what to do to investigate or whatever. We just, I guess, originally, we we're just going to sleep in the, the house, the plantation house. And we were just going to hope that something happened. A lot happened. So much happened. It's so funny. Ashley, she grew up in a very strict PG home. And so she was thinking, she was like, we, and we had an exit strategy the whole time. We're like, okay, if someone gets really scared and they want to leave, we'll get a hotel room. We have money set aside just in case, because no one wants to be miserable and terrified all night long. If we were going to mess with a Ouija board, we had rules to it, right? It's you can mess with it. That's fine. Cause everything's all fun and games, but you have to say something eventually afterwards so that we're not sitting there. sounding like crazy people were like, Oh, and then it moved, you know? And then it was really Jessica the whole time moving the planchette. So we had these like simple rules to go down there and do it. Ashley was convinced she was going to be the one who ran out screaming and uh, I think it was going to be fine. So much happened. It was crazy. So uh, Ashley ended up not falling in love, but she's like, hey, there's something here with this paranormal stuff. And she had a great time. So we called my mom and we're like, oh my gosh, Mortal's Plantation was insane. So much activity. We've got to go back. And mom's like, let's go back. Like almost immediately we decided to go back. And that was kind of the first trio event where we started ghost hunting. We also followed that with New Orleans and finding out the deep history in New Orleans, all the haunted stuff that surrounded that. Our girls' trips just kind of turned into some type of haunted location, whether it was a ghost tour or a haunted hotel or a canyon where dark history happened or just deep history happened. And so I said, you know what? Why don't we just throw this into a podcast? Like, we're funny. We we have great energy. Our conversations are hilarious. And we just continuously keep doing this stuff. So why not throw it in a podcast and share it with everybody else? And that kind of started our podcast. Ashley, Annabelle, do you want to add anything to that? 
I do. This is Annabelle. So I'm going to say this about Ashley. When she says Ashley plans, Ashley puts it down to the second <laughs> in an Excel spreadsheet. Like we have a formulated trip literally for everything. And Ashley gets so mad because she's planned so many trips that we haven't got to take yet. We are eventually. But like one of them literally is to see the largest panties and the largest ball of yarn. <laughs> There's not a lot of haunted stuff in the Midwest, right? There might be a place in Iowa, a place in North Dakota. Like who travels to North Dakota? Sorry for anybody that lives in North Dakota. <laughs> it's not on my list. What <laughs> there is, is the world's largest whatever. So I did this one itinerary where it was five days five states and we hit a haunted place each day and then also hit up world's largest whatever so along the way <laughs> literally the largest annies i mean i would want to see the world's largest panties or was it the, the country out of my real quick <laughs> get out of here <laughs> All right, the largest panties. That so that's part of the trip. That trip has not been taken yet, though. Oh, like one of fifty that she's planned has not been taken. Yeah, that's what I do for my free time is just plan travel, and I just throw them at them, and eventually they say, "Okay, let's do this one." And you usually would do what one trip per year? It used to be that way. That was when we all lived close to each other. So we would spend holidays together, birthdays together, and then we would do one haunted trip a year. But now that Elena and Annabelle have moved to Idaho, it's we have to be very tactical on our travel. So now it's every time we get together, we try to put some form of haunted something into this trip. Yeah, for instance, this weekend, we went to Salt Lake. Yes, to see a comedy show. And we threw in some haunted shit. That's what we do. <laughs> what haunted shit was in was in Salt Lake? So the first one we went to was called Ruth's Diner. It's got a really cool history. Ruth was, she created this burger diner out of like an old tram cart. So like a train cart, you know? I mean, she was in Salt Lake originally, but when all the strict ordinances started coming out, like non-smoking or people have to be over 21 to drink, she also ran like a cabaret and burlesque and stuff like that. And so that was really frowned down upon once the LDS community, which most people know as Mormons, moved in, started pushing all that stuff out. She moved her tram car up to Immigration Canyon. So the day that she died, she was like still fighting the law. So they're like, you have to have a non-smoking section. So she made one booth, one, <laughs> the non-smoking booth. She's a very spirited woman. So I actually brought mom out there. I didn't give her the history of Ruth Steiner at all. And I had her sit down and do a medium reading in the, the tram little cart that you're in. And she was pretty spot on. Uh, she talked about dogs and how much she loved her dogs more than people, which was true. Ruth had two chihuahuas and uh, she, those were her babies. She picked up on a lot of things. So we started there and that was kind of our first little haunted thing. And it really was just kind of about getting mom's perspective because it's also her 50th birthday and be like let's make this episode kind of really about Annabelle so that was our first stop and then our second one was the holiday inn do you all want to tell that story behind that one yeah and this is actually the same time we stayed in this holiday inn but Ashley for my birthday got us the actual haunted room last time we stayed I think it was like three doors over Mm -hmm. this time we were in the actual haunted room 
And I forget, it was in the 80s. This mom threw her seven children off the balcony of this 11-story, yes, because her husband, who had kind of went his own way within the LDS church. It's hard to explain. It's hard to explain, yeah. Especially if you're not in this area where we call it the Utah bubble, which is a, it, it's high, heavy in LDS and which is the Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That's that religion. Again, most people know them as Mormons, but they don't like to go by that anymore. So we try to be respectful. But this mom and her and her family, her, her dad, it was kind of like an offshoot, a radical offshoot of the LDS community. And he believed that he was, I want to say a prophet. We'll have to, we right. read about this a long time ago, but either he was a prophet or he was like a reincarnate of some major person that's in their religion mm-hmm. and that he saw that the end of the world was coming and that they needed to prepare for it. And as he started getting investigated by the law, he took himself out. He unalived himself. He pressed yeah. alt control delete in the middle of the like BLM like mountain area. And so in re- not retaliation, but I think in fear and like just remorse, she threw all of her children off. The well, he left her a letter. He had left her a letter that said, she should follow in his shoes. That's right. Him and the children should basically follow him. Yeah. So she took that as unaliving herself and the children. Mm-hmm. And she did, except for one, I think the oldest daughter lived. Two, I think she believed, oh, lived, two, which two is two why we want to make sure we get this one yeah. accurate and two really respectful because we don't we don't know if they're still listening. I was just gonna um, say, are they alive? I think, yeah, I think only but two they're survived. not um healthy, I believe. Again, want to be respectful. Yeah. We're not sure. Yeah, I do know that the latest statement they've made, they still do believe that their father was kind of like this Messiah. So I think that there's some the belief of what their family was believing, but we I don't really know much about that. We need to do a lot more research around this before we yeah. make the episode. We're not really prepared to, to dive too deep into it, but yeah. we stayed there. But we did get a few things. We actually left to go to the comedy show and left our recorder on, and we got some sounds that we're trying to debunk. One was uh, a baby crying. But it was for a short time and it never happened again. Babies usually cry more than one whimper. So that was a little strange. It did sound like somebody came into our room, rustled around. We actually left some letters out on a bench. Some of the letters got moved around only one time. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't move again, but they did get moved one time. Yeah. So we decided to stay there. So we stayed in the haunted room, which was really exciting. So- did you say it was a holiday inn? Yeah. It is. It, it wasn't always the holiday right. inn. It was called something else, like okay. the chapter or something. Yeah, I was gonna say a haunted holiday inn. Like <laughs> that's kind of funny. <laughs> the holiday inn bought the property and got it. it. That makes more yeah. sense because I was like, that's just odd. I've never heard that before. Not that it's not possible, but it's just kind of funny. Like, oh, this uh, haunted Best Western. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So many things I want to talk about just about this story specifically. One is you mentioned the medium part, which I I know you guys talked about Annabelle and Ashley in the pre-call. Annabelle, do you identify as a medium? I do. Yes. And how long have you been doing that? And how did that start for you? if, If you don't mind sharing. I was born into a family where it was very normal and natural to talk about these kinds of things. And, and you were never questioned or told no, that that wasn't true. That's not what you saw. We were encouraged to kind of open up to those aspects of our self. Almost all the women, but also some of the men in my family are very spiritual. We would talk about things that we all saw. I was a child and these are my aunts, uncles, great aunts, great uncles. 
would say, oh yeah, I saw that too. Or yeah, I talked to, I talked to granny the other day who's passed. <laughs> and it was very, very normal in my family to do that. So then growing up, I got a spiritual leader guide. It's actually my best friend's mom. She owned a bar in New Orleans for uh, probably over 40 years. She owned one and then um, sold that one and then opened another one. But she is uh, very spiritual and a great guide. She helped me to kind of unlock some things and believe in myself as far as my talents and that just because other people question them doesn't mean that you have to question them kind of thing and how to meditate and that sort of thing. So, so her name's Donna and she is amazing. She's been amazing for me. And so then Elena as a child, she was probably more gifted than me, but it scared her so much. Some of the things that she would see. So I kind of taught her early how to close that gap. And she kind of left that gap closed for a long time because <laughs> she didn't like what she was saying. It scared her, right? Yeah. Um, she recently has, I think, been slowly opening it back up. I think I still have a little big block. The thing is, I think for my big, my reluctance is uh, my kids, you know, so I don't yeah. want to like invite yeah. or bring anything around my children that might, for whatever reason, scare them or and Charlotte's pretty sensitive too. And so I just try not to open up that door and, uh, and make sure my kids feel like whatever, wherever we're living or we're around, they feel safe and comfortable. You know? I think yeah. Charlotte's probably the most sensitive of both of us. Yeah. We'll have to guide her as she gets older. Yeah. And I've noticed a trend that, first of all, it's more common for gifts, psychic gifts and clairsentient, all the clairs to be passed down right. through the female line. That's the first thing. And the second thing is, it seems like it gets more sensitive as the generations go on. So like, it makes sense that Charlotte is the most sensitive because it just keeps getting more and more refined. And I, I don't know why, but that seems to be the pattern that, that I keep hearing as well. I kind of wonder sometimes if our world is becoming more accepting to it. And so we're not forcing our children to close their mind to this or putting them in a box and telling them that you can't think about these things, talk about these things, see these things, feel these things. Instead, we're opening up the world a lot more to the idea that people are gifted and that there is more than just the set box of standards that that organized religion has kind of forced us to believe. And we're just a lot more open to that. And I think that helps each generation gets a little bit better at being like, everything's not so cut and dry. Yeah, absolutely. And I understand, Elena, how you feel to a certain extent. I had blocked my gifts for a really long time and I still have a block and it, it's for so many factors, right? It, a lot of it was fear and not knowing how to manage that. And I didn't really have a Donna to like swoop in and, and kind of help out, but I did have a mom who was open to it. So it's, it's awesome that you had that Annabelle and that that was a comfortable conversation in your home. Cause that doesn't happen very often. I mean, it's really kind of shitty that it's not acceptable. And so it's amazing that you have this lineage and you're, and you're willing and open enough to pass it down. So I traced our lineage at one point and I, I need to go back and get the actual documentation, but I traced our lineage back to the bell witch. What? I said, you just blew Finn's mind. Yes, <laughs> you did. So the fuck? 
can you briefly explain, like, are you directly connected or how does that work to the Belovich? Yeah, direct, directly connected actually on my dad's side of the family. It went back to our family line, went back to Georgia, and then it went to Pennsylvania, started in Boston. Actually, on my dad's side, it goes all. I was able to trace it all the way back to Cork, Ireland, and then prior to that, England. So they came from England, went to Cork, was the mayor of Cork for like 300 years. The the family, the kids back then, they passed it down. Yeah. And then came on, on, on the ship. I don't remember which one to tell you the truth. Again, I'll have to give the documentation. We weren't involved in the Salem witch trials necessarily, but it went back to the Bell Witch and that family. And if I remember correctly, it's not the Bell. It's the family. Gosh, why is it blowing my mind that I cannot think? Because they call it the Bell Witch, but that's not the family. It's the. You mean like uh, the, the actual name of the family? Correct. Yeah. yeah. You yeah, can't. Really you called. Can. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, but on my dad's side, who, wow. by the way, is extremely sensitive. He just put a, he believes in it and he's w- willing to talk about it, but he put a little bit of a cap on it because he is a man. I've been looking okay. into this. Um, does your lineage do you have witchcraft in your lineage? And that was what started me on that, that trail. What did you use to find that? Is there like a witchcraft ancestry.com? Like, I know our family has a online genealogy tree thing that one of my cousins did. She's, huh. she's in fast, but yeah. Dang. Well, that's an awesome resource. Yeah. So y'all have been witchy for a really long time is what you're saying. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. My mom got really into Wicca when I was in middle school. It's so funny because there was like, I had a big bully and he, (laughs) um, anyways, and he, I guess he, he was making fun of my sister at one point. And I think I shoved him down to the ground if I remember correctly. And, and so he ran home and told his mom, because I think me and my sister had been talking about how my mom was a Wiccan, or actually she used to call herself Cricket because she was a Christian Wiccan. So anyway, so he ran home and told his mom, he's like, well, their, their mom's a witch. And so she shows up to my house and she knocks on the door and my mom answers and she's like, are you a witch? And I'm looks her and she said, uh, no, but I'm a bitch. She's like, can I help you? <laughs> uh, so she, I mean, she's been kind of into this stuff for a long time. That's a great response. <laughs> When you guys talk about mediumship, what are we talking about? Because this term is defined differently depending on what crowd of humans you're speaking with. Some people actually use it interchangeably with the word psychic, which I actually think is very much different than the term medium. I think of mediumship often as like you're able to take in energy into yourself and you're able to communicate with those that have passed on. But then I don't even stick to that like hard and fast because I respect everybody else's opinion and definition of their version of mediumship. So. Right. No, I feel absolutely the same way. I hate putting a label on something because people do then expect what their level of Yeah. They're preconceived. Right. So I, I hate labels, but I have a spirit guide who actually is my best friend's sister who passed. I never met her. She is her half-sister on her dad's side. Yeah, her, it's her dad's daughter, her half-sister. 
I never met her. I've never seen a picture of her. I knew of her, but I had never met her. Knowing what I know now, her name is Joni, my spirit guide. Joni is the reason I met and became best friends with my best friend. It was totally intentional, even at that time. So Joni is a very good guide. She's very strict about who and what she lets in, but she's relentless. Sometimes it is repetitive until I speak to that person because I'm very timid about going up to some random person <laughs> yeah. and being like, hey, your grandmother said. Yeah, for good know, reason. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> a, I don't want to be punched in the face. B, I don't want them to think I'm crazy. So anyway, Jody, Jody, she's like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Just tell them, just tell them. So she's relentless sometimes, but but she's very protective. So I appreciate that. Sophia is my best friend. So that's Sophia's house one day. Again, I had never seen Joni. I'm sitting on the couch. I see a full body apparition, which I have never done before. I see the full body apparition go by. I guess my facial expression changed. Sophia says, <laughs> what'd you see? <laughs> and I'm like, what, what, uh, who's the short redheaded girl? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know any short redheaded girls. And she said, explain more. So I kind of tell her what I saw. And she's like, I don't know who that is. So I don't know, a couple hours later, I go into her kitchen and she has a refrigerator just bombarded with pictures of people. Most of them, I don't know. She lives in Florida, by the way. We have been best friends since we were 13. She moved to Florida when we were 17. So we've traveled back and forth still all to the same to see each other, but she has other friends. So I see this picture and I point to it on her refrigerator. I'm like, who is this? And she's like, well, that's Joni. I'm like, that's who I saw. (laughs) And she goes, oh, I totally forgot. At one point she had short red hair. Dang. Based off of that experience, would you say that your definition is that you're able to see apparitions and communicate with the dead in in various ways, not necessarily just like you hear their voice, but maybe you get like telepathic impressions? Sometimes I just hear them. So if Joni lets them through, or sometimes Joni will translate for them, but most of the time, if she's comfortable with them, she'll let them speak directly to me. I can hear their voice sort of... (laughs) It, it may be that I know that it's a female or a male based on the tone, whether it's high or low, they will give me visual images or they'll, a lot of times for me, it's, it's, it's words, it's sentences, it's phrases. So affirmation to the person who's asking, or they'll give me characteristics of the person. And like, I might hear like laughing or, or a joke or something that's very specific to that person. So I'll hear that or I'll just see something. Sometimes it's smell as well. It doesn't happen all the time, but I do sometimes associate something with smell. So like maybe cigar smell, a specific flower or perfume, coffee. I've had coffee come through before. I can smell the coffee, but I'm in a place that doesn't have coffee. So those are the ways that I communicate the most. And well, I have so many questions. First is... Do any of you have any experience with like full on possession, like where you feel like something can go through you or into you or anything like that? 
God, I hope not. <laughs> I would right? hope not. So, I think this, tell her, tell her what your your uh, theme in life is. Okay, look, then before we ever started doing any of this haunted shit, I lived my life by one rule and one rule only, <laughs> and it was don't put yourself in a position to where a horror movie can be made after you. And we continuously put her there. <laughs> I break that rule constantly. You are, you're like, God damn it. <laughs> that was my <laughs> one rule. <laughs> one rule in life. You broke I don't it. know how, like, so much about feeling like possession or like a full bodied experience, but my mom will tell you that I'm really empathic. And so I think that's probably the closest any of us experience is that sometimes when it's really strong, I feel very out of body and I'm feeling like emotions that aren't mine and almost kind of completely takes over the way that I feel. And sometimes it's very overwhelming and I'll have to leave. And I know it can be really frustrating for my mom because she's a huge socialite. But for me, when there's, especially if it's an uncomfortable situation. So like, I'm not talking about joyful. I'm talking about someone who might experience a lot of anxiety and it's an anxious energy, you know, or it's a depressed energy or it's a mad energy, you know, like anything that's like kind of in the negative sense will put me in a state where I'm like, I have to go and I have to go right now because I'm so blocked from it. I don't like feeling it. Like mm-hmm. it's not my thing. Only one time as she really kind of put me in a position, she was like, do it. And then I did my empathic stuff. I was spot on, made the guy very uncomfortable because he was not a good guy. And I called him out on all of his shit. And then I have to go. Like I get drained so quickly. So I think that's probably the closest name is for like embodied. Cause for me, it's almost like feeling the emotion, that energy in a, in a whole physical way, you know, if yeah. that makes any sense at all. It's really hard to, I, again, I don't dive into this stuff too much. Sometimes it's completely out of my control and I just want out, <laughs> but yeah. I think I'm probably yeah. the closest to, to feeling like it's embodied. Yeah. That's pretty common for empaths. Do you identify as an empath? My mom will say yes. I am stuck between what is really being empathic and what is just because of trauma, what is really good body language reading skills you know, and so I'm always conflicted between the two. I, I can't tell if I'm really good at reading people because I was a survival mechanism for me to learn if I was going to have a good day or a bad day, or if I'm actually really feeling what is like, a, like the energies of other people come through. All I know is I'm always accurate, <laughs> but I just don't yeah. know what actually yeah. at the core, what it is. But lately she's been the conduit. That's I think common. Yeah. I think it's because at the beginning of all this, which was like 10, 11, 12 years ago, mm-hmm. I thought none of it was real at all. It can't be real. There's no possible way. But then slowly as we keep going, stuff happens with Elena and I'm like, okay, that was weird. And then Annabelle picking up on her medium senses. I'm like, okay, well, I can't debunk that. Like, there's no way she could have known that. Mm-hmm. So slowly, I think I've opened my mind up a little bit. And then recently in, in some of our trips, like, for example, we went to Denver and just stuff was like, it was really weird. Like we went to the Molly Brown house in Denver. And as we were walking by the basement stairs, I just had this weird feeling to take my camera out and take rapid pictures of the staircase. And in my pictures, there's a little orb that moves down the stairs. And I mean, I rapid, like click, 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 click with pictures. So there's no way that an orb would just move, you know? Right. And that was weird. And then in the pictures that we took, like our selfies, I'm blurry in them. The girls are completely clear. The background is clear, but I'm blurry. Mm. And we'll take, you know, two or three pictures in a row. 
it's it's not like there's a smudge on the camera because then we'll take another picture of like just the trees, the trees yeah. or something. And where I was standing, it's not blurry there in a different picture that I'm not in. Later that night when we were doing the spirit box, it came through and we asked, who do you want to speak to? And it said, Ashley. So it's mm-hmm. kind of weird that it's kind of in all this. And last night in my house, she said, does your, uh, was the weirdest comment the question ever, but she was like, does your toilet paper just like unravel randomly oh, yeah. all by itself? And I was like, uh, no, I mean, I got kids, you know, <laughs> sometimes yeah. they just go in there, you know, but I was like, no, not that I've ever seen. She was like, I really think I'm being followed by something. Ashley was telling me that at her house, if there's like one or two squares of toilet paper roll, the whole thing will just start unraveling. And she's like, and the same thing just happened in your bathroom too, which has never happened in my bathroom, which is kind of a weird one. Like, I don't, you know, I don't know, but Ashley was, the, and Ashley was normally the first person to be like, nope, doesn't exist. Don't want to acknowledge it. Don't want to think about it. Like, I don't believe in it, you know? And, and she, she said last night, she's like, I think something's been following me for a while now. Hmm. Is it okay? Yeah, because it's happening at my house too. It'll be one or two ply. It's not even that much and it just unravels. It's like something comes behind me and hits it. I'm like, stop it. <laughs> you have a toilet paper, paper. I think she has a cat spirit. Like there's a cat that's following her around. It's just like... <laughs> It's actually pretty common for entities in groups to focus on the one that's skeptic. That's the skeptic. Mm -hmm. So that's (laughs) right. Like you're just in that shitty position. Um, And I almost just think it's because the entities are like, oh, yeah, well, fuck you. Like, we'll see if you're a skeptic after this. I want to ask real quick. Have you guys seen Hellier yet? The the show? Mm -mm. Okay, it's a really great show. I highly recommend it. They use this technique called an Estee session. It's a way to make the ghost box more legit, I guess, for lack of a better word. And what you do is you wear a blindfold and you put on oh. the headphones. Do you know it? No, we, we did that on our own. We did that. We the did it on our own? Yeah, we just very similar. Yeah, we were at the Stanley Hotel and mom's like, how do we make this more accurate? So me and Ashley had the spirit box and mom had no, you had the spirit box and she yeah. put the headphones in so she couldn't hear us. And then she would listen to the spirit box and we would ask questions. And so I, she, I went to the bathroom. Yeah. And she walked away like into the bathroom. And so she would call out what the spirit box would say. And all of them were in response to our questions. Like we asked like how many people are in this room right now? And then mom shouts out many, but she can't hear the questions that we're asking. She can't hear and you. We, and it was right, right when we're asking the questions too, it, it was very odd. Like another one was like, what are you looking for? And it said, my mom, like it, we've, so we've done something really similar where it's so like, we're completely separated. We, there's no way, you know, that the, they just didn't line up. There were very specific questions and we got specific answers. Yeah. The reason I asked is because I feel like that if you're a skeptic in a room while that's happening, I'm not sure how you can be a skeptic any longer after that, yeah. <laughs> because I mean, unless somebody's cheating and you guys trust each other. Right. So right. like, you know, that mom can't hear the questions for sure you're asking and she's an entirely different room and she's answering those questions that you're asking to what no one knows Mm -hmm. you know I mean unless someone something or someone tells you from the other side it really is mind-blowing and I love that because I have so many skeptical people in my life and they see shit like that and they're like and it's like yeah you don't know how to unpack that yeah so Ashley how did you feel after that do you still identify as a skeptic where are you Uh, now I'm leaning more towards the side of I'm not really skeptical anymore I still try to debunk stuff yes 
For example, when we were in the Stanley Hotel, we left, us three left our room to go on the tour of the hotel. We were gone for about an hour and a half. We come back and you can hear like this rushing water sound. So I walked straight to the bathroom and the sink is full on. Both, both handles pulled all the way in, full blast stream. And the sink is like got a clog in it. So it's filling up. So I'm like, who left the water on? I get mad at the girls because I'm like, it's wasteful of water. Who left the water? <laughs> she on? goes, who left their water on when they washed their hands? And I said, I didn't wash my hands. Gross. <laughs> so gross. The truth comes out. <laughs> yeah, this is why I carry hand sanitizer around me all the time. And I constantly put on Ashley is the sanitation station. That is her color. color. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is that at Stanley, none of the employees are allowed to in any way make it seem like they might be creating any of these ghostly haunted things. It's a fireable fence and there's no warning. Like they will fire you on the spot for it. So we know that someone didn't come into our hotel room and turn those on on top of the fact that it was filling up. So we, we let it drain out and we turn them back on. We, we count it we see, to see how long it would take to fill the whole sink up. We had been gone for almost two hours. It only took eight minutes for it to fill all the way up. So it would have been overflowing if we left it on before we went to the ghost tour. So that we didn't really know how to explain that one. And, yeah. and actually that one was kind of undeniable too. Like something had to happen or housekeeping, but there was no housekeeping. It's the middle of COVID. They're not cleaning rooms right now. No one's coming in them. So right. how did that happen? And yeah. now too, because it feels like I'm a conduit, which so creeps me the fuck out. <laughs> now I'm more like, okay, let me ask questions. Let me walk around. Like, let me see if I can get anything from it. And now it's kind of fun to do. Just to see what's going to happen. Something that we don't really talk about on our podcast, and maybe we should, just maybe if there is people who are skeptical. I have a science degree. I'm science minded, so I'm always looking for the why. I'm not looking for like I don't I don't look at something and immediately think it's truth. I think let's figure it out. Let's break it down. What's the hypothesis here? How can we, you know, what what could have caused this that's outside of paranormal? I also work in a law uh, enforcement arena. Arena. <laughs> I work in a law enforcement agency. So again, looking at the bigger picture, putting the small pieces together to tie it all together into what, what is logical here. We're not a bunch of crazy women who just throw scrabble pieces around and then come back and all of a sudden find a word. <laughs> We're like, that's it. You know, we really try to break it down into a way that it's, there's, there's no explanation really. And I mean, even then, even then I won't even say that every single time something happens, we're like, oh, it's paranormal. We'll just be like, we just can't explain that. You know, yeah. we, we looked at all the ways that ways that could have possibly happened and we just can't come up to a reasonable explanation of yeah. what happened. Here. I think that's why we also try all sorts of things. We tried the spirit box. We try leaving the shoes astray. Like mm-hmm. we try the Ouija board. We try taking pictures. Like, we try so many different things so we can tell what might be real and try to debunk what we think might not be. Right. We try to look for patterns and consistency. If there's not, if it's not consistent, sometimes even if it's like really good, solid something, if it doesn't match with the rest of it, sometimes we'll just even throw that out because like it just doesn't, doesn't line up with the rest of it. We really do our best on our podcast to make sure that what you're getting, we don't talk about what we've done to debunk the stuff because and maybe we should, like I said, maybe we did to help with some skeptics. Well, what we've done to debunk the stuff, but the stuff you get on our podcast is stuff that we could not find an explanation for. And all the rest of it we could find, even if it was a very weak explanation, typically we throw that away. Yeah. And our misadventures. We're fucking funny. We're so funny. <laughs> I'm hilarious. <laughs> I am hilarious. <laughs> I know it about myself. I'm very self-aware. 
<laughs> well, you guys are really funny and you have this synergy about you that I can feel right now just talking to you through Zoom. Like I can feel that there's like a circle that you guys have energetically between you or among you. And I don't know your like how you where you stand religion-wise now at this point after all of this stuff, but or spirituality-wise, but do you feel like that you almost have a craft. It feels like this is a witch's trine that you've got going yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think spiritually, I can speak for myself. I can't speak for Ash. I think we're all kind of on different pages here, but we we like that. I think I, I like learning about different people's beliefs. I think that I think that no one really has it right. And I think that we're all just trying to put this like massive puzzle together. I do have a spiritual belief, you know, like that may more align with just like like regular Christianity, you know, I do believe that there is something bigger than us. I just think that it's just not what is in the books. You know, I don't think about, I don't think it's as simple as we think it is. I think it's a lot more complex. I also think that it's insane to think that even just on a bare minimum, the way, this is not a minimum, it's crazy minimum, but the way our world works and the perfect balance behind it, you know, it's like, it's too good for it to be coincidental. So there's something else, you know, on top of the paranormal stuff that we do, obviously for us, we're going to believe there's something outside of life, you know? So what is that? I don't know. So I guess I, I'm really open to all ideas. I like to kind of learn a little bit about everything. Cause I think there's little pieces of truth in everything that has to do with spirituality, universal stuff, you know, even our own energies, et cetera. But I know Ashley and mom, they might have different beliefs. What, what do you think? I'm still probably trying to figure it all out. My background, I grew up very Baptist, really into Christianity. And so I rebelled hard against religion and went the total opposite way and was like an angry atheist for like most of my 20s. But now after doing all of our haunting stuffs, I think I believe more in like energies in a way, right? If you produce positive energy, you're going to get positive energy back. Like karma, I'm a big believer in karma. Kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, you asked me how I am I still kind of a skeptic. A couple of years ago, Annabelle actually did a reading on me, and my grandmother came through and talked to me and told me that I needed to be more Christian. One that made me believe more that Annabelle is the real deal about being a medium because she knew that I love my grandmother. My grandma with my grandmother was my idol. I didn't know a lot of my grandmother's history. And she was spot on in everything she said. So I guess I'm still trying to learn to make my grandmother happy and also go down my right path of what I believe spiritually. So y'all aren't witches? I would say we three know we're spiritually connected in a way that probably very few people are. I 100% want to be witches with them. (laughs) <laughs> I think you probably are just it's, it's like semantics yeah it really is we're gentle with the word because of ash but as far as me I do believe in let's say witchcraft I also do I I am a Christian so I do believe in God there's so many religions out there that I think have Great pieces correct and so many pieces wrong. Yes. So I don't think there's one right one. I just know what I believe. I kind of believe in that if you feel like you shouldn't be doing it, you should probably listen to that. 
think yeah. I was gonna, that's kind of where I was about to go. I think the best way to put into words what I believe is that you just listen to yourself because I think that there's yeah. something that talks to you and tells you what you should and shouldn't be doing. And whether mm-hmm. that's God or it's the universe or it's spiritual or it's just your inner witch, you know, or it's your ancestors, listen to it. You know, I think that there's something there when you just take a deep breath and go, guide me and whatever the heck you want to guide you, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. I don't know what it is, but right. I believe in listening to so, it. So on the witchcraft side of things, I I think everybody has gifts. And if you want to get Christianity about it, they talk about gifts in the Bible. Mm-hmm. They do. So everybody has gifts. I think they've been depressed and repressed for many, many years because of whatever has happened in our histories. But I think everybody has gifts. I think people have synergy with other people. Your energies are connected for whatever reason. Like Elena was saying, we're a perfect balance, right? The earth is a perfect balance. And I think that those energies align how and when and where and why, I don't really know. I think that everything, most things we consider weeds actually have potential for healing that whoever, if you want to call it, God, the universe, whatever, put it there for a reason. And if you want to get way into it, now things like big pharma awesome. have made them not important. But if you go back to the naturalization of everything and the, and the originalization of everything, are we all witches? Probably. Yeah. You guys actually bring up a really, really great point because I don't get to talk to Christian witches or people who would even... I guess, entertain that term as a person who identifies as a Christian. And so that's really great for my listeners to hear because y'all do exist and not, I'm not putting that term on you, but like that it is possible to be a Buddhist, witch. it is a, it is possible to be a Christian, witch. you can, I mean, you can practice the craft, so to speak, through the lens of Jesus Christ, through the lens of a guru, through whatever lens you want. And I think it's really important for people to remember that because it kind of takes away the stigma of what witchcraft has been defined as through the lens of like white colonial men yes. primarily. And they Absolutely. decided that we were evil. And, and I, that's a lot to unpack. We don't have to go there. But <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So it, yeah. it's cool yes. to, to they hear were that. Intimidated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the magic of women is undeniable. And you guys have a magic. I can feel it. It is palpable through my screen. I'm just really curious to see what you guys they're like blowing kisses at each other. So cute. <laughs> but it's, I think it's going to be so exciting to see what's next for you. Like, I feel like there's going to be layers of awakening that are going to be peeled away for you over the years to come. And you, Ashley and Elena, you've been best friends for like, is it 16 years? 17 years now, I think. I don't know. We, we lost count. And we just lost count. It feels like forever. It's felt like we've been best friends forever. Since I was 14, I'm 31 now. So that would be 17 years. Yeah. 17 years. Yes. yes. <laughs> math. math. <laughs> Witches don't do math. <laughs> you know, you say, it's interesting that you say that you're like, feel like the layers are going to kind of get removed as we just kind of learn more and more. And I do think even since starting the podcast, that's how that's happened already. Mom has really gotten in tune with her mediumship through all this. I'm kind of opening up the idea to being empathic. I just want to make sure that I'm doing it right. I mean, I don't want to just be like, this is what I am. And then that just not be what that is. But actually her skepticism has gotten less, you know, we, there is layers like an onion that are being peeled back slowly and slowly as we 
do this more. I think in a year, I don't even think that our podcast will probably be the same format, but I don't think the people are going to be the same, you know, and it'd be interesting to see what we look like as a collective group in a year through our podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. And I want to hear more from you guys about this, but since I've started this podcast, I have had the weirdest shit happen to me. And it does feel like the universe is like, yes, you need to be doing this. And the people that you'll meet and connect with along the way, those yeah. are the the like Our very people. important threads. Yeah. That will last throughout this lifetime and probably other lifetimes, if you believe in it. Have you guys had that like since the start of yes. the podcast? Or are you just like, <laughs> I can't disclose what my job is. It's very surprising how much my podcast has gone around in my office and how many of those people have come to me and been like, Hey, I heard your mom is a medium. I really need a medium. Or I was listening to podcasts and you know, this is what I've always thought about. And I was just thinking like, it's like broaden other people's minds and like a lot more people, especially after like everyone calls the South, the Bible belt and shit on the LDS community that's up here in the, in the Northwest, they are a lot more strict and close-minded than people in the, in the Bible belt area. So for them to come to me and be like, Hey, I think my house has a ghost in it. And I'm I'm too afraid to tell anybody because I was afraid that I was going to be judged or someone was going to, you know, make fun of me or whatever. And we've been able to help people connect with, with spirits that were, they said for a long time have caused them anxiety and depression. They don't know what to do and how to get past them. So mom has spoke with them and help them along the ways. And it's made these closer ties with these people. We've been stopped because of her podcasting tours. Mom's made two really close friends and send people that she's been kind of looking for, for her group of dynamic of friends that she likes. Cause she did move for her entire life from Houston up here. And she's had a hard time making friends, making relationships. And this podcast has brought people that are like her, like her people closer to head together. We have already seen the inner workings of the podcast and what it, what it can kind of bring to our own little community. But I like to call it a coven, but <laughs> I can keep, I keep trying. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Secret. just like, you know, and I think our podcast is, it's, it's going really well. We are relatively new, but we are finding new people all the time are finding us and we're finding people and we're finding things and we're learning new things that people didn't even know about, even like here in Pocatello or Idaho Falls or, you know, Massacre Rocks, which is like, no one would ever think was haunted, but we found so many things there, you know, on top of like the history that's behind these like little locations. And I don't know, it's been a great experience, honestly. And it's brought us closer and it gives us a reason to do something together. It gives reason for Ashley to put her together a travel itinerary she knows is going to work. <laughs> and then mom to hone in her skills because she's, she really wants to open up her life to being better at being a medium. Yeah. So I'd reached out to Jacques Brockes and He's been kind of helping and guiding me and, you know, showing me some things and telling me books to read. And uh, he's who led me to you, Finn. So he's been helping me with that because I guess I, even with my other spiritual leader, my gifts, I kept to myself with the exception of when Joni would be like, you have to say something or I'm going to annoy the crap of you until you do. Uh, Where I feel like I've been missing what my calling was, which was, is to give back to the community. And I've never charged ever, not one dime. I won't take a cent for a message that somebody has for you. If you do it, fine. Great, great, great for you. Right. And I may eventually lead to that, but I want to make sure that my conscious is right with how I'm giving back to the community. 
Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's a, like you said, it's such a wide spectrum. You know, there's people who don't charge at all. And then there's people who charge like 4,000 stupid dollars for like 30 minutes. And yeah, yeah I mean, I'm sorry. I, I think those people that's problematic, but you know, you're right. Some people who, who want to charge a, a far less amount than that, it, it, that's their prerogative. I think what's so interesting about what you guys just said is that let me tell you from my perspective, like I did this sort of as like, oh, it's the middle of the pandemic and I've always been interested in the woo and let's, I, I need something to do. And then it, it kind of like grabbed me and was like, oh, we're going on this ride. <laughs> and it felt like the paranormal just decided that it feels like there's a wave of the of people doing this and they're all kind of learning the same things at sort of the same times and mm-hmm. the paranormal's kind of like this is part of the collective's awakening something bigger than just the podcast it it feels like we're all kind of pieces of this bigger paranormal puzzle we actually had an interview with another podcaster a couple months ago and he's a he's he's a pretty strong skeptic but he was talking about the more he learned in his podcast, he's starting to realize that like, you know, obviously he's open to more ideas. And we kind of discussed briefly how it seems like almost all of this, I wouldn't even say like paranormal. I think it's just all these suppressed things, right? We've, we've, we've suppressed witchcraft, we've suppressed paranormal, we've suppressed, you know, it was, it's all, and I think there's a, it's inter, it's intertwined together. And the more that as a, like the the world that you know us people are diving into it or realizing like hey this astrology really kind of goes with this and 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 moon magic really goes with this you know when you start tying it together and we're starting to put those pieces together and i think that we're really kind of unearthing just an astronomical amount of information and putting it together to something that works ultimately what i'm trying to say is that you know, some might like mom is a medium and she's, she's focused on that for a long time. But when you tie a mediumship into tarot cards, you know, it works and it works because I think it was always supposed to work, but we've kind of splintered the woo, let's say, you know, and broke it down and suppressed it for so long. We're almost putting it back together again. And it's taking a big collective group of people to do it. People with different specialties and and skills. And I think once we do, I think it's going to be just insane, you know, to see what our, what we can do. Yeah. And I feel like the vibrations are stronger since the pandemic. The pandemic is horrible, but I think it led people collectively to have time to meditate where you didn't have that time before. Even if you don't realize you're meditating, mm-hmm. it gave you that time to sit there, think about things, contemplate things. The vibration of the earth is much, or the universe is much stronger. Uh, it's been off the charts lately a lot and I think that you can I mean we can physically see it in the pictures with Ashley that's her vibration that was making her blurry it literally looks like she's shaking in the picture right but that's her vibrations growing I'll give you an example of how the three of us have such great synergy in Salt Lake we were going to do the Ouija board we are very protective by the way when we do the Ouija board we, we do a lot of protective spells. If something's off, we don't do it. Ashley did not feel great. We came back to the hotel. She wasn't feeling good. She's like, no, no, let's do it. Let's, let's just go ahead and do it. And Elena, I was so proud of her. One of my proud moments says, heck no, you don't feel good. You're weak. 
that's going to throw the whole thing off and you're going to get a tax, right? So, so we're not doing it, but that's that synergy that we have to know you're not in the right physical state to do it. Going back to the vibrations of the earth, my favorite episode with you so far, Finn, has been with your family and the potential of UFOs and extraterrestrial. I love your family. So it's my favorite <laughs> episode. Oh my gosh. Uh, she's like, well, they were going to think I was crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> but people have suppressed those things because you were told that's not what you saw. It's not what you know. And now with the vibrations of the earth, the veils thinning, people being collectively more on the same page. Media wants to separate us, but I think we're so close to having synergy between each other mm-hmm. on a whole different scale than we've ever had before. And that's because we've been able to meditate and think about and contemplate what's important in your life. Yeah, you bring up so many good points. And and I love that you brought up that episode with my my great aunt who, you know, she's I think she's 76 years old and she just decided to tell us that she had a UFO contactee experience. And it's like, why didn't you tell anyone? But that it's a butterfly effect. And you'll got you guys are noticing this in, in your podcast as well. Like you said, that I just made this podcast and now my great aunt just told every one of my listeners and her family that she had an alien contactee experience and that how many more things happened that I don't know about from people listening to the show and to your show, how many people Mm -hmm. are saying, well, maybe, maybe I should tell somebody about this, or maybe I am an empath, or maybe I, well, maybe I can talk to the dead, but I, and I shouldn't be as scared of it as I am. And I should find a community I mean, we think it's at first, at least I did. I was like, oh, it's just, it's just a show. It's, it's just fun. And then I realized it's not just fun. It's, it's doing something. And it's part of like Elena, you said the, the, the individual and the collective, you know, it's like, we're individually awakening. Ashley's vibrations are changing from skeptic to non-skeptic and whatever is next for you, which I'm so curious about. And then there's the collective, like, what is this like major unearthing that we're doing together? And there's so many women doing it too, which is badass because we need women yes. to kind of rebalance shit out. Take the power back too. But anyways, that's a whole nother episode. Yes. Oh no, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that is for sure. I want to go back real quick to Elena. You had mentioned that you're the one who can get closest to possible possession. I use that term really loosely because it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what I mean? I wonder, have you tried to be the conduit during an SD session? Because I wonder how that would go. You know, there's been a few times where I've been the one to ask the questions and sometimes it's hit and miss. Sometimes they work really well for me and sometimes they don't. The biggest one probably was in this canyon we did was called Josie's Canyon. I think I really need to work on my block first before I be, I'm able to really hone in on it and kind of become that middle person for this stuff, you know, to take on the the spiritual embodiments and stuff, but my block is re- it's really hard. Like I I put up a very good one. So if anyone needs advice on how to put a block up, <laughs> yeah, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I know it. I know it might be hard to work with your mom directly on maybe. My mom can't do anything on me. She's tried multiple times. She can't read me. She can't like yeah, that's nothing. normal. Yeah, 
Yeah, so I, I'll tell her, I'm like, what do you get for me? And she's like, literally nothing. It's like just a black, <laughs> like blank nothingness. I'm like, I think I need to figure it out. But I think I also have to be open to the idea of doing it. And I'm not quite there yet. And I probably should be, which probably would help her podcast like a, a lot. But then I'm like, I worry in my head. I'm like, okay, when I do it, what is going to happen? What am I going to see? <laughs> what, what well, am I going to feel? Yeah, and you got to get there on your own. It has to be when you feel ready, you know, and I'm sure you you know that and nobody's pressuring you to do that. But I'm wondering if you could work with someone like Jock or, 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 right. Cause you're going to meet many, many more through your podcast and, and through people right. like me that you meet through your podcast. So you're going to have all these mm-hmm. like connections to amazing energy workers who can probably pretty quickly remove that block. But the question is again, like, do you want it to be removed? Yeah. Cause if, if not, I feel like if there's one second of me, that's doubtful that I want to do it, then it's just not going to be the way it needs to be. It's not going to be at full capacity. So we do like intention candles and soaps, like we make them, we really just kind of make them for fun. It's kind of a side project. We just give them to friends. But when I really put myself into it, man, these intention candles, these like these, these soaps they work really well. And so I have been thinking lately, I'm like, I really do think I've been holding off on something really special within myself. And maybe it is time that I start taking that block down because when I am in it and I am in a zone where it's, I'm completely open to the idea of, of the craft really, you know, it's, it's so far I've yet to fail at it, but I have to be in that mindset. I have to look at my mom and be like, Hey, I'm ready for some witchy shit. Cause I have to be an open mindset for mm-hmm. it. So what would that look like for me if I took it down completely embrace it? Yeah. And as an, an empath myself and somebody who had really, really intense blocks and I drank and did drugs all the way through my teen and twenties because I didn't want to, I didn't want to do it. You don't feel it. Yeah. You don't want to feel it. And I, I, so I understand that. Like, I understand not wanting to, I do think that one thing that you guys have, that's a secret weapon is humor. Mm -hmm. And that can get you through moving the block and not it not being as scary. I think Yeah. keep keep that in mind. The humor is your ride or die. Like that's a witch's tool. You can, yeah. Ashley, you're you're my ride or die, baby. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I actually did think about it. I don't know if you experienced it too, but like I suffer from like a lot of anxiety, a lot of anxiety. And sometimes I do wonder if it's because I am holding back so much and because I'm fighting it so much that that also causes my anxiety. And if I would just let it go and just take it all in. Maybe this like, maybe it's a ball of energy that's just vibrating inside me wanting to get out. <laughs> so the thought that's been going through my head a lot lately too. It's so weird that you just said that because I just interviewed someone who identifies as an empath and she actually tried to commit suicide twice. I mean, that's how bad it got the feelings for her. Amazingly, years later, she guides other empaths to remove their blocks and accept their mm-hmm. gifts. And she says one of the main byproducts of empaths specifically that have blocks is that they their gifts are covered by anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. Well, that and makes so, sense. Yeah. And so that's how they actually present to the world. And the minute they start like really working with somebody on untethering that and unraveling all of that, their anxiety mm-hmm. is almost in- completely eradicated. Yeah. It's something that's definitely been going through my head a lot. Cause the more I think about it, I'm like, I think my biggest issue is that I'm feeling all these feelings, but I don't understand them because so maybe sometimes they're not my feelings to have, but also because 
I'm choosing to ignore them when I could understand them and almost release them if I could. And that's like, I've thought about that a lot where I was like, if I could just untether this and then release it, I think I'd be doing a lot better, but it's such a scary thought to do it because it's like, I feel like it's one of those situations where it'll get worse before it gets better, but I can't live with this anymore either. You know, I, it's almost insufferable <laughs> to, to be on public, be fine one minute. And the next minute I'm, I'm shaking, you know, and I don't know why, and I don't know why I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling. And I've learned over time that maybe that's not my feelings, you know, maybe it's someone else's energy that I'm, I'm taking on and if I can figure out how to understand it, read it and move it out. <laughs> it might help me out a lot. Yeah. I don't want to bogart the whole show about this, but I, I do have to say really quick, like at the beginning of this year and, and maybe the end of 2020, I did start to say, I want to unblock. And mm-hmm. you're right. It does get worse before it gets better. I think that's inevitable. So yeah. it, be realistic about it. Right. And right. I was scared shitless and I had an entity come in and I didn't know <sighs> what the fuck to do with it, but I had help along the way. And uh, there was a lot of shadow work that kind of, you got to kind of get, you got to get through that murky shit. Yeah. But I have to say that you're strong. You were in the military. You I, you have a strong energy and, you know, you have a resilient energy. I don't think it would last very long. I can't imagine it lasting more than a year, oh. you know, because mine's already at the end. Like I'm already yeah. feeling like I'm coming out of the, the fuckery, you know, yeah. the, the worst of it. It's a lifelong thing. Like we'll always be unraveling, but to the point where you're not like how you're feeling now with that intense anxiety, maybe. Yeah. Oh no, I can't. A life outside of that just sounds amazing. It's just the work to get there is sounds terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not like normal therapy shit. It's like fucking weird shit. Woo. woo, woo, (laughs) It's funny. I'm way more open to woo woo shit than therapy shit. I don't want to talk about my feelings. You have to go through a fucking journey to get to the end. Yeah. It's a mountain I've got to be ready to climb. I think it would explain why medicine doesn't work for your anxiety. Yeah, maybe because it's not a mental thing. It's a, yeah. mm-hmm. it's a thing. I've, I've heard of that as well. Yeah, I've heard that like, well, different sensitivities to medication, food, stuff like that. Like you can just bypass it because mm-hmm. of oh, mul- yeah. many reasons, like part of the block and part of whatever your gifts are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like even like benzo, so like uh like what is it that you take? Xanax, Ativan. Those like literally nothing does nothing to me. Like really? I don't feel a change. I'm not. Yeah, it's like it, it's that's, like a sugar pill. In fact, I went back to my doctor and was like, "Did you give me sugar pills?" Because this I didn't feel anything, and they kept telling me I was going to be addicted if I wasn't careful. And I'm like, "Like be careful. Like let us know if it's like too much." I came back and I'm like, "Is this a joke?" Literally nothing changed, and the doctor like his jaw dropped. I had. I think they gave me 15 pills. I had 13 to give back to him. And I was like, this is dumb. Take these back. This did nothing. And he was like, I've heard of this. He's like, but it's like less than 1% of people that yeah. these don't work on. I have to say like, I've heard other medications, but benzos are the bomb. I mean, they're spot treatment. You immediately get relief. So you're a weirdo. You yeah. You need to give them to me. <laughs> I would like to keep my job. <laughs> <laughs> That's intense. Yeah. That's yeah. really interesting. And yeah. that's but, the thing though. It shows that the level of your gift could be so powerful that that's, mm-hmm. that's what you're experiencing in this sort of, it, well, in that pharma pharmaceutical reality. I don't know. You know what yeah. I mean? 
Yeah, it is very, it's, it's, it's crazy. And it does suck. Cause I'm like, I do just want to get better. And so I've like spent years in therapy and that's helped with like learning basic human stuff. You know, I've learned how to control my reactions or I've learned how to just be a better person in general or treat people I love better or communicate better. But emotionally I'm still <laughs> this big ball of, of nervousness. Well, I wouldn't even say sometimes it doesn't even feel like nervousness. Sometimes it literally just feels like, like literally like vibrations, you know, like, and I'll get to the point where I'm shaking uncontrollably and I have to like wrap myself up in multiple blankets in a really tight cocoon. And like, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I'm shivering like it's 20 degrees outside, you know, mm-hmm. but I feel fine. So yeah, I'd like to get past that. And I would, and maybe, maybe this is the next step. Cause I've tried all the stuff that modern medicine tells me to try. It doesn't work. And I mean, I do just fine. I function just fine outside of it, but I I'm right. I'm tired of living in it. So maybe, maybe it is time to remove the blocks. Do you guys consider yourselves ghost hunters? What do you call yourselves when you, when you're out there investigating? I don't know. I think so. I, I do think we consider ourselves investigators. Now I find it funny there are so many Facebook pages that I've, you know, looked at and joined and whatever. And their version of quote unquote ghost hunting is a little bit different than ours. We do take it seriously. Don't get me wrong. But I think we protect ourselves. So I think we're, I think we try to be more organic in how we investigate. We try to include a lot of history. We don't just focus on Burke. We don't just focus on the, the quote-unquote ghosts that are known. We try to get into the history of what's going on, uh, the history of the, the building or the place or the location, and do that to the research. Elena and Ashley are really good at the research part of it for us. They usually don't tell me much about where we're going or what history they already know. Sometimes they don't tell me anything at all, and we just show up. So, so we try to have a more organic flow, I believe, with our ghost hunting, our ghost investigations. I think what she's trying to say is that we don't go looking for a show. We are the show. <laughs> you, know what? you know what? You're fucking spot on. Man. These are my bitches. I told my bitches. I'm like, look, if we put some of this shit on our Patreon or something, like some, some of these reels that we don't release of the shenanigans that freaking happens. I know she's not. I was in the. They left me alone in the Holiday Inn the last week to go take a bath while they were out looking for witchy shit. Anyways, (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyways, I'm playing in the bathtub and there's like knocking that's going on right behind me. Like someone is like knocking and rapping on my door. It was really weird. I don't know how to explain. I did catch it on camera, but I am in the bathtub naked catching it on camera, and I'm like can't really put this on our Facebook group. So maybe we'll have to start our OnlyFans. So find us at ghostofroastedjosephonlyfans.com. <laughs> no, wait, do you have one? No, but we should do you it. You should. You should. <laughs> I feel like you could, you could like put a kink element into it and be like, oh yeah. yeah. And also you can purchase <laughs> Ashley's like dirty, stinky Nikes for, you know, $4,000. We'll just take, so Ashley has like, what size are your boobs? Double G. Okay. Double they're, they're they're in the F category. Uh-huh. Like we could just paint them white and like be like, come see our boobies. Like boobies. <laughs> we were literally we my, uh, my partner and I are getting married in December and we had a, thank you. We had a mutual bachelorette party last night. All these women at the table were like, let's do a collective OnlyFans. Like we would make so much money if we all just like managed it together and 
So we were getting pretty crafty about it. But yeah, I I mean, and my friend in the group, she had literally sold her stinky smell. I mean, her smelly, dirty old Nikes for hundreds of dollars to a foot fetish guy who loves it. Mm -hmm. And we were like, oh, we're onto something here. Like who else has stinky feet? And then we were like, oh, I have stinky armpits. Like we were just like going around. (laughs) You can do anything on OnlyFans. We'll just do like We'll do like live, you know, where we're just sitting there the Ouija board butt ass naked, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like it would be a first. And I'm over here like, what the you can be the cameraman. You can keep the comedy in the cameraman. Okay? Nobody wants to see my 50 year old saggy ass titties. There, <laughs> there is a kink for that. Okay. There's a kink for everything. There is. There really is. <laughs> well, I'm going to make a note only fans, paranormal only fans. That's a good idea. <laughs> You reach out when you're ready, baby. I'm ready. All right. All right. We'll marinate in that. Well, I want to ask you guys, do you wish that you could do this full-time as your full-time job? Or do you love, do you like having it as just a hobby? No, it's a thousand. No, no. You should never get into a podcast for money. So anyone like never do that, but I would absolutely love for our podcast to turn into a way that not only just supports us doing this stuff, but also supports the travel because then Ashley can use all of our itineraries up finally. But ideally I'd love for this to kind of turn into something that's just ours. You know, I think we, for a long time, we've always wanted to have something that was ours. Ashley and I always wanted to do candles and soaps together. Mom just always wants to be part of whatever is going on in my life. Equally the same with her. I want to do something I involved my mom and that I can be like, this is our thing. And so I'd love for this podcast to be that. And it's really hard to balance with three women who are the breadwinners in their family and full-time workers and moms, you know, we could narrow all those jobs, take them down and put them into the podcast. It'd be amazing. And my kids love this shit. So they will get out there with the spirit box with me and, and stuff. So it'd be nice to kind of turn this into like a family thing. Ash's kids. No, absolutely not. There's no way my kids <laughs> are they scared? Yes. I've got two little girls. They're like, there's a clown outside during Halloween. Like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so I've had you on here for a while. I want to ask you guys, how about the most profound paranormal supernatural thing that you've experienced? And you might each have separate ones and that's fine. We can go around I or I don't know. There might be one that's like the bomb that you all agree on. I think we're all going to have three different ones here. Let's I can say it. the Let's first one for me was Josie's Cabin Canyon. When uh, we went to, so Josie was uh, kind of like Butch Cassie. Uh, he was kind of like his girlfriend, but not really, but he would go and hide in her little area. And she was actually a really badass woman. Her and her sister were the first woman in the West to own their own water rights, which is a massive deal. It's like owning gold. But anyways, so she's this beautiful canyon that you can, you can hike into. And we decided to do a Ouija board out there and we're covered by limestone canyon walls, which is already charged, uh, which wasn't intentional. We didn't think about it then, but we decided to do a Ouija board out there. And we brought someone with us who's a massive skeptic and uh, he was going to do it with us. And for some whatever reason, he kind of like, he touched it and immediately backed out. I was like, I, I just don't want to totally fine. We never forced anybody or encouraged anyone to do anything they're not comfortable with. Anyways, we started getting this, like it was going, and we did all of our spells to protect ourselves and stuff. Sometimes we make our own Ouija boards and I'm telling you they're stronger than bought ones. Like mm-hmm. I think putting our own energy into them mm-hmm. just makes them extremely charged. So we're out there and we, we didn't have a planchette. We just had like a tea light candle, like the, the, the metal tea light candles will come into. We yep. pop the tea light yep. candle out and we just put that on top of it. 
And it was going so fast that we could, none of us could keep our fingers on it. There'd be points where I don't think anyone was actually touching it. It was moving and it did not want to talk to either me, Ashley, or my mom. And I said, then who do you want to talk to? And it shot off the board and dug into the dirt towards the guy that was with us. And I mean, and it was so strong. I mean, it was like halfway in the dirt. Like it was the craziest thing I'd ever experienced in my entire life. And all of us just stopped and we're like, that has never happened before. Like it has never shot off the board, let alone the fact that none of us could keep our fingers on it. Mom was yelling at us because she's like, you know, Ouija boards, you should never be alone doing it. And, right. and there was points where only one person might possibly have their fingertips on it because the rest of us couldn't keep up with it. And then for it to shoot over to him, we'll come to find out later, his best friend had died, like oh, not, not only recently, but was completely unexpected and it happened like rapidly. And so he was still, I guess, processing that. And so it wasn't until later that day I was driving home and I, I knew that guy's story. Like I knew, I knew that guy's best friend had died unexpectedly, but I didn't put that together when we were doing the Ouija board. I was thinking Josie, Butch Cassidy, like that's the kind of thoughts I was having. I was driving and I pick up the phone, I call him and he answers immediately and at the exact same time. We both said, it was his friend. Like we said, his name and we said, we'll call him Aaron. <laughs> it was Aaron at the exact same time. And he's like, I, he's like, I got home. I kept thinking it had to be Aaron, you know? And I'm thinking the whole time, like the exact same moment we called each other and was like, it's this person. That was probably the, the biggest one for me, just because it was like, I don't know how to explain that one. And even he had said he was washing her fingers. He's like, it didn't make any sense. He's like, cause you guys weren't really touching it. He's like, in fact, it was leaving us multiple times. So for me, that's mine. <laughs> What happened after it hit hit the dirt? Did he leave? Was he, he like, fuck this? No, no, he stayed because we did tell him the importance of staying in the circle, not breaking it. And so he's, he powered through it. He never wants to touch this stuff again. It's funny. He actually getting me like my own spirit board. He bought, but he like didn't really want to touch it. He gave it to me like in the box and was like, I just wanted to give this to you. But over time, he's kind of come to the idea and he was like hard skeptic. Like he didn't believe any of this stuff, doesn't believe in the afterworld. He just believes in putting good energy out and the universe will pay it back. That's that's his belief. And now he's like, I'm just not sure anymore after that. And now he's started to look more into, is there a life after death? Is our spirit still hanging around us? Is there something behind the woo, you know? Um, and so he, he's opened his mind up about it a lot too. Not, I mean, he's not deep into it, but he is a lot more open to the idea that it's, that it's real because he, he himself was like, I can't explain it. You know? And he's like, and he watched the whole thing happen and didn't even participate in it because he was so freaked out. So was a message able to come through to him or no, this was moving too fast. Yeah. It was so fast. It was so fast. And it just didn't want to talk to us. It kept saying that it wanted to talk. It just didn't want to talk to us. So we'd be like, you know, ask a question. It would shoot over to no. We'd be like, okay, well, you know, is there anyone here you want to speak to? And it shoot over to yes. And like, can you talk Ashley? No. And then it'd go Annabelle and it'd go backwards and to go back to no again. And then we'd be like, okay, well, can you leave? And it'd go to no, which was normally as a red flag for us. But I was like, it wants to talk to somebody. It's just not the three of us. And so that's when I finally was like, who do you want to talk to? And it shot into the dirt. And at that point we were just like, we need to close this because, and it, it took a second to realize what it was saying was that it wanted to speak to this guy. We were just so freaked out by the power behind it yeah. that we were like, we don't know what we're yeah. messing with here and we don't, we can't get a clear response on what it wants. So let's just go ahead and close this, get them to say goodbye and then close the circle. And so I wish now that I really, when I put together that it was his friend, I wish he would have asked more direct questions, but it was just such a, it was a scare. It was the stuff that you see on YouTube videos that you're like, I'm pretty sure this is a hoax. It was mm -hmm. that kind of strong and that kind of scary. And it was 
literally off of a poster board that we use Sharpie pens and a tea like candle metal piece, you know? Dang. Do you remember that we tried to close it and it kept saying no? Because we kept saying, you need to say goodbye. And it kept going, no, yeah. no. And, and then, then it, and then it would yeah. go over to the, it would go over to the line of the board again towards that guy, but it would never, it didn't keep going off the board. It's not off the board that one time. And I just, we just know what that meant. And now I'm like, it's so obvious, but when you're kind of freaked out and in your head, it's really hard for you to put pieces. It's not until later when you've calmed down, your anxiety yeah. is down, your dream yeah. is down. They're like, mm, now that makes more sense. Well, also the person who we were with was freaked the fuck out. So when it freaked happened. out. Yeah. I mean, like, his face wasn't pale, but his eyes were bugging out of his head. Mm-hmm. You could tell he was very uncomfortable with it. So we were just like, let's just shut it down and move on. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Ashley, <laughs> you, you want to go next? So I don't have a specific story, but there's something weird that happens almost every time on our trips, which is when Elena and I are sleeping, we talk to each other in our sleeps, have a full-fledged conversation. But we're both dead asleep. And I have a hard time sleeping. Elena has a hard time sleeping too. But we get great sleep. Like comatose sleep in haunted places. Like annoying to me because I want to keep doing witchy shit. And they're so exhausted that they have to go to sleep. And I'm like, we still have lots of witchy shit to do. They're like been working outside in the sun for 48 straight hours with no sleep tired. Mm -hmm. Like I can't keep my eyes open any longer. Only to go to sleep and have a conversation where we, it's, it's a direct conversation. Like we are, there is a middle beginning and end to the conversation. It all lines up. We're asking each other questions. I'm answering those questions. It's very eerie. Mom will tell us, she's like, I've tried to wake you guys up and you guys even both were like, okay. And I'm like, nope, that never happened. I never woke up for that. I have no idea. It's almost like the shining, the two little like twin girls that's what it's like for me and Ashley when we're staying in haunted hotels. But if we're in my house or it's somewhere it's not haunted, it's fine. We're up all night long. We can't sleep. We're energetic. We don't have conversations with each other. But you put us in the Stanley Hotel or Myrtle's Plantation, and we will scare you more than the ghost because we we will not stop talking to each other in our sleep. We went to Myrtle's Plantation with our friend, and she ended up being terrified the whole night. And we had all made a pact beforehand because I was the chicken shit. And I made them promise me if I freak out at two o'clock in the morning and I was like, I'm not sleeping here. You guys have to take me to a hotel. And they were like, yes, absolutely. If anybody's scared, leave. Elena and I pass out. And our friend who's with us, her name was Jessica, who doesn't even talk about this anymore because it freaks her out so much. But she said, I kept trying to wake you guys up because she was hearing sounds. She heard, um, what sounded like a guy was throwing up a money bag and catching it. And then in our little attic, it sounded like someone was crawling around in there and it was freaking her out and she was ready to go, but she could not wake us up. And then Elena and I just started talking to each other. Mm-hmm. That poor girl slept underneath the blankets. <laughs> and she didn't really, really sleep. She stayed awake the whole time. <laughs> I was so bad for her. And she will never do any of this ever again. She won't even talk about it. It did not happen. Wow. <laughs> you all fucked her up. <laughs> Which I thought I was be the one that was fucked up, but no, nope, it's her. <laughs> yeah, Ashley, I I feel like just you know you happen to be just because of this incarnation, you are not blood, but it doesn't matter. You are a sister. You yes. are yeah. you are part of this family somehow. Yeah. yeah, I think we were definitely brought together because 
There was a point when we were in high school that I was banned from their house. She blacklisted. Yeah. I was blacklisted. Yep. And Why? then I told their dad to fuck off. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> That'll do it. So, um, but then afterwards, like we just kept coming together. And then Elena and I just became inseparable. In fact, I introduced Elena as my sister. Mm-hmm. And I tell everybody, Ashley's my adopted daughter. Yeah, it I can feel that. Very strong bond that we've always had. Mm-hmm. I joke around saying that we're actually each other's soulmates, not our husbands. I have to say, I've never heard of two people having a full-on conversation dead asleep like that. I've I've heard of like maybe a couple things that like match up and it could be a coincidence, but I mean, it sounds like you're having full-on conversations. Full-on conversations. Yeah. I mean, that that really shows like a psychic bond that is probably going to be inexplicable for the rest of your lifetime. I feel like I'm putting a pin in that to talk to you guys about like after this podcast, because I'm curious. That is odd. I feel like there's... The reason is because I feel like there's potential for a paranormal tool in there somewhere. Like, can we use you two talking to each other as a way mm-hmm. to, because you're in your like subconscious space at that point. Like, what if you utilize yeah, what's, that? What's interesting with our conversations too is that it is surrounded by the haunted hotel that we were in. So for the first time from Rose Plantation, our conversation was like, do you see that? Yeah, it's a lady. Uh, is she looking at you? Does she seem angry to you? Yeah, she seems kind of upset to me. Like it went along with the haunted hotel, the like, plantation that we're in that time. And with Stanley, we're having the same conversation where it was also very specific to being in the Stanley. Now, granted, it could be our subconscious, knowing where we're at. It's just, you know, sometimes your dreams, they don't ever make any sense, let alone the conversations that you're having. Then when people sleep talk, most of the time they say some obscure shit. Mm-hmm. Our stuff is actually very fluid. It's very, it's very specific. But I don't remember the dream. Oh yeah, me neither. No, never. Yeah. Yeah. And the other really curious element that I'm going to have to like marinate in for a while is the fact that you guys don't sleep well regularly, but then you pop yourselves into a haunted spot and you sleep like babies. It's fucking weird because I never wanted to do this shit in the first place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't have a choice. I'll be up until like two or three o'clock in the morning editing the podcast. And I know if I come across an idea or I'm dying laughing at something, I just need to like, like go through Ashley with it. Even if it's two o'clock in the morning for me, which is three o'clock in the morning for her, this is how well she does not sleep. I can call her and she's she's like, Hey, what's up? Like, she's not asleep. She never sleeps. She maybe gets two or three hours of sleep at night tops. We get to these haunted hotels. And by nine 30, we're like, I'm exhausted. Like I have got to sleep and we will just crash hard. Both of us. And it's like the exact same time, like as a collective, you can see our eyes just start to droop and we're like, we have got to go to bed. And like, we're so sorry, Annabelle, like we can't stay awake. We can barely keep our eyes open, but any other day I'm not in bed before midnight and Ashley's not in bed before three o'clock in the morning. I feel like that means that you're meant to do this even more. That's just like the feeling (laughs) I'm getting is that like, okay, let's use logic. Humans need sleep. They need, Mm -hmm. I mean, preferably like lengthy amounts of sleep at night. (laughs) You're not getting it now in your normal lives, but you do get it when you're investigating the paranormal. Like it's a, it's like a no brainer. I feel like this This is is your life's purpose. Like, (laughs) so what she's saying is that we need to go buy a haunted location, massive 
because you've got big standards and we need to live in a haunted location oh, so we can sleep. We'll have to send then our eulogy. <laughs> oh, no. oh my god, our eulogies. We Wait, her, what? We wrote her on eulogies like years ago. <laughs> we, we wrote them based on I had sent Elena this article that there was this haunted mansion, I think it was in Chicago. It was for sale for like $120,000. And we're like, let's do it. Well, then we start reading and it's because everybody that ever owned it died within like six months. Oh, so, so we wrote out how we died owning this house together. And it was hysterical. It was so it, funny. It was, yeah. Maybe don't get that house, but I like the idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Annabelle, you got one more? Uh, I think my my first profound that I can remember, I think I was around, I'm going to say eight. My great-grandmother had passed away. She lived in this little trailer beside my aunt's house. And um, so she had passed away. I was staying in the trailer. It had two bedrooms, a living room, and a kitchen. I was staying in bedroom number one, let's say. My aunt was staying in the bedroom that, she, that my grandmother had slept in. And my great aunt was sleeping on the couch because everybody's in town for the funeral. I woke up to my great grandmother rubbing my back, as is what she would do, kind of our family thing. And so she's rubbing my back and she's telling me it's okay. It's okay. I'm going to be okay. You're going to be okay. We'll see each other again. And I'm just like, okay, granny. Well, I don't say anything. I wake up the next morning to a conversation between my aunt and my great aunt. As if it was a perfectly normal situation, not out of the ordinary. About how she did the same thing to my aunt. How my aunt, Margaret Ann. She woke her up, rubbing her back, telling her the same thing. Everything's going to be okay. You'll see me again. She walked down the hallway to my other aunt, Aunt Tessie, which would have been her sister, and said, Tessie, it's time for me to go. Just let everybody know I'm okay. We all three, I was a young child. My Aunt Margaret was probably in her 40s. My Aunt Tessie was probably in her 70s. We all had the same experience in the house. Wow. And I thought, okay, so I wasn't crazy. I wasn't dreaming. So I said to my Amargan, I saw Granny last night. And she was like, oh, me too. And she tells me the story about how she woke her up rubbing her bag, blah, blah, blah. So I knew I wasn't mishearing what those two were talking about. So then we go over to my aunt's house and we're sitting on the front porch. And my two aunts start telling my other aunt exactly what happened. Granny came to us last night. This is what happened. This is what she said. She even came to Shanda and she did the same thing. It was so sweet. And my aunt French was like, yeah, we saw her when she left the house. Wow. It was just as normal a conversation as anything. And that's when I realized as a child that it was okay. And what I was seeing was real. Yeah. And how awesome is it that you were able to be validated at such a young age? You were eight, you said, right? Right. Yeah. To be validated in your experience. That's so great because how many people have that, those kind of experiences and it's not validated sometimes their entire lives. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it just reinforced your gifts too. 
you were able to be more open-minded about the even even the possibility of being a medium from that, I, I imagine. Right. And I believe it runs in our family for sure. I have tons of other stories. I went through a windshield at 16 in a car accident. My aunt on my other side of the family was the operator for the VA back when you... Y'all are probably too young to remember this, but the whole SNL ringy ding ding where you actually connect the operator connects the line and she's on the Mm -hmm. little headset. My aunt was that at the VA. And I was in another parish in Louisiana. We don't have counties with parishes. I was in another parish, got in this horrible accident. My mom goes to call my aunt to tell her, hey, Annabelle's being taken to the hospital. This was gone. And so my aunt answers the phone. Now, there's 20 operators that work at the VA. My aunt answers the phone, doesn't say hello, says, I already know I'm on my way. And this is pre-knowing who the number is, caller ID, any of that stuff, right? You have to think old school. My mom said, okay, we're taking her to particular hospital and she said I know I'm on my way so come to find out she had went into like this blank stare according to her co-workers she went to this blank stare they're looking at her like why aren't you answering the phones and she is in another universe she is glossy eyed straight faced not in that room mentally and the first thing she did when she came out was answer that phone line that was my mother to tell her that I had been in a horrible accident that's definitely a hereditary. Your your family is it's chock full of mediumship there. Yeah. 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 Both sides. Both sides. Both sides, which is rare. That's really yeah. rare to have both sides. I feel like not in Louisiana. Oh, yeah. You didn't embrace it. Yeah, Louisiana is haunted as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. That's a million percent. That's a special state. Well, I feel like I need to have you on again. So if you're open to it, I'd love to have you in another time and like see where you are in six months or eight months from now and hear what other adventures you've had and what other psychic development has happened. Well, thank you guys so much for taking the time and coming on the show. It was an absolute delight. Like I never know what to expect. And (laughs) this went places I didn't I really didn't see coming and it was awesome to hear from all of you. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, it was great. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. I love these witchy, woo, magical, psychically bonded women, and I really can't wait to talk with them again because it sounds like they make paranormal investigations a little more fun than maybe your average ghost hunt. You should definitely check out their podcast. You can also join their Facebook group, which is called the Ghosted, Roasted, and Toasted podcast group. Perhaps in the future, when COVID calms down a bit more, we can join forces and do a dual on-site ghost hunt. I would love to try one of those makeshift Ouija boards with proper protection, of course. Per usual, all of those links will be in the show notes, including the ones that I mentioned before. All right, goddess speed, people. Bye-bye. Thank you for following the woo with me today. 
If you love what you heard, please make sure to subscribe to Follow the Woo wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're feeling particularly stoked about this show, please leave a review and or rating. You can also support this podcast by becoming a member of The Order of Woo, where you'll get community access and loads of extra goodies exclusively on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash follow the woo. The Order of Woo patrons bolster this podcast and community and allow for the creation of more content, products, services, and events over time. Every little bit helps, and I'm so grateful for the patrons who have joined the order already. If you've experienced something magical, mystical, or just downright weird and want to discuss it, or if you're interested in sharing your expertise, or if you want me to research a woo topic with you or for you, please email me at followthewoo at gmail.com. Join me next week for another woo topic. And remember, tell the truth, be nice to each other, and if it feels right, 